Good Monday morning, guys. My name is Jerry Miller, and this is Real Talk with Keith Smith. Thank you kindly for joining us live on all social platforms in downtown Charlottesville in our building, the Macklin Building on the I Love Seville Network. A show today presented by Keith, Yona, and Yes Realty Partners, a name you can trust, Yes Realty Partners. Today's program, my friends, is dynamic, and we encourage you, the viewer and listener, to shape the conversation and the direction of our content by asking questions, by putting perspective in the feed, just being provocative and, and letting us know what's on your mind. We will adapt to you. Today's program features a panel of experts. Jeremy Rowe, you know well, I believe it's his third rodeo on this program, the agency owner at Goosehead Insurance and the Jeremy Rowe Insurance Firm. Maggie Gunnels is in the house too, of her namesake, the Gunnels Group. I think the logo and the website are fantastic. Mm -hmm. I do say so myself right there. Absolutely. Judah Wickhauer, the director, the man behind the scenes. If we can go to the studio camera and let's welcome the experts to the show. My friends, good Monday morning. Thank you. Good morning, Good morning everybody. Yeah. It's great to be with you. Keith, another fantastic panel, my friend. Yeah, you know, I, one thing I love about these fantastic panels, I just sit, get to sit back from time to time and, and listen and maybe not talk so much. Okay, <laughs> maybe I will talk a little, little bit. So, look, uh, we normally, Jerry did a great job to intro everything, but, you know, Jeremy, just a quick thing, tell us a little bit about yourself, how's the business, tell us how we can work together, particularly between the real estate business and your business. Where's the connection there? Sure. So, I work a lot with real estate partners and mortgage lenders here in the area. A lot of my business that I do is on the new home purchase side. So I do all home, auto, all personal lines products with the exception of health insurance. I don't do health insurance, but I do personal lines products and I work frequently with new home closings. So I broker for about 70 different companies and that's one of the things I wanted to touch on today because the insurance world is changing quite a bit. There's a number of carriers that are changing their regulations or pulling out of the market altogether, which is really fascinating right now. But I broker for about 70 different companies. And so when someone is going through the home buying process, they're either buying a home for the first time or maybe it's their third or fourth purchase. Uh, I'm able to shop the market and find the best rates and the best coverage as far as home and finding um, package rates as well if they're going to do their auto insurance or umbrella or any other products. So um, I work frequently, like I said, with realtors and mortgage professionals and uh, it's been really good. It's been a busy summer. I've, I've had a couple of vacations with the family, which is a nice needed break. But my uh, son started school today. Ooh. So I was uh, very glad to, to drop him off. And uh, we're going to start the next period of uh, consistent schedules again with, with school and with work. So what, first grade, kindergarten? What, what grade? He's in kindergarten. Oh, so, so yes. oh, time out. Now we got to yes. talk about that. <laughs> so, so, so I've got a whole theory about this okay. that's going on because maybe it might have just been my daughters, mm -hmm. but when we dropped them off, they just didn't even say goodbye. They just bolted right to the door or to the bus. Well, that, that was pretty much the case with this. Yeah. So he goes to a Montessori school, uh -huh. and so... They actually have a preschool that is um, integrated with the kindergarten. So for the first two years, they'll uh -huh. do a half day, and then kindergarten becomes a full day. So what's really nice about that is he was already used He's to the classroom, the environment, yeah. the teacher, and everything. So it was more just going back to school, but now... He's gonna be he's gonna be learning more. He's gonna be staying for extended hours. And on Wednesday, my three-year-old daughter is going to start her first round of preschool at the same same school. That's so fantastic. She's ready to go. She would have stayed today if I if I would have let is her. Is that why you're so happy right now? <laughs> I, I'm very happy. Well, I'm no, just, no, it's because you're with us. <laughs> I'm very glad to be here. Yes. <laughs> so I know the feeling, Jeremy. Our our oldest um, now in kindergarten, and I don't think there's anyone more happy right now 
than my wife, who absolutely adores our oldest. But the summer, as you know, Maggie, can be quite a bit long, yes. especially in the dog mm-hmm. days of August, my yes. friend. Yes, yes, yes. It's time when it's time. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Let me write that down. I, I will tell you, I did shed a tear when I dropped my first grader off, which is the first time I've ever shed a tear. Well, that's your baby, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why. why. I was yeah. like, why yeah. am I crying? But, so how, but how did the first grader do it? They was like, bye, mom. And yeah, just, just, she was yeah. like, no kisses, no nothing. Yeah. Just don't yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't embarrass me. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> In front of the and other I'm kids. And still like rolling down the window like, no, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Blow me kisses back. <laughs> so Maggie, I'm always excited to have you on because, you know, we, you and I have been around the Lake Monticello market forever. Yes. Um, so I kind of really want to take a little bit of a deep dive into the lake market today and what you're seeing from your perspective and then how Jeremy can help with the insurance. He sure. just mentioned before we went live that Lake Monticello is one of his growing uh, footprints in his business. But, you know, yeah. kick, kick it off. Tell, tell me the state of Lake Monticello real estate right now. It's, I know I've got a bunch of numbers in front of you, but what, what, from your perspective, what, what are you seeing there? Sorry, sorry. It's super strong. I mean, we've, it's amazing. Jeremy and I were chatting about um, the average price, sales price. And I think it was, what was it, 20? It was just below 200,000 in 2016. Right. And now it's right around 350. That's, I mean, right. that's not 100%, but my goodness, that, that appreciation over seven years is amazing. It's, it's huge. And, and then when you even look back at just 2020, I mean, we were mm-hmm. all thinking 2020 was a year of um, just a huge growth. But it, two, three years, we've already gone up $100,000 um, from 2020 to 2023. So it's fascinating to see these prices. And um, even the waterfront prices, I mean, it's amazing to see that we now are consistently seeing waterfront sell up for over a million dollars. I'm not certain we, I really ever thought that that would happen, um, which is awesome. It's it's great for the community. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword, and, and I might take a little bit of the, you know, a little bit of, 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 of the opposite side of that coin for the moment, because where are people going to buy? Where's the affordability? Right. That right. kind of thing. Right, right. But I'll tell you, the acres, right, at Lake Monticello, I developed it. I lived there. We just had a home sell with a seven in it. It's amazing. And, Amazing, and this is not helping my desire to stay there because Mrs. Smith <laughs> wants to leave. Really? Wants to where sell. are you going to go? Where, where? Yeah, see, there you go, uh, hot, uh, Maggie. Maggie, you're 100 percent right. Where? Where? Well, am I to going? Maggie's point, you say why sell it yeah. if you're going to go somewhere else, buy it. But why sell your current one? Is that hold, your point? And hold it. Oh, I, I mean, I love holding real estate. If you can hold on to it, hold your asset, hold your money in the house, and don't sell it, and go explore another area, and then move back. After you realize you miss it so much. <laughs> yeah, so I agree, I agree 100%. Uh, that is kind of the path that we're on, frankly. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, like I've, when I get done, when I finish the show today, I've got three grandkids, two daughters, um, no son-in-law, no son-in-laws because they're all working, and Yona and I in the house, and, and the house is just fit perfectly, perfectly for that. So, yeah. so Jeremy, from a investment perspective right is there any different insurance perspective on your end of it so if if i rent my home and buy an invest keep it as an investment and move in what what does that change my home insurance so so it's it's a different policy altogether if you're doing that if you were to sell if you were to move and you were to keep the home and you were to write it uh from a homeowner's insurance policy you would actually convert it to a dwelling policy and a dwelling policy just has some different characteristics to it. It can be um, 
an investment property, some insurance companies will do it as a short-term rental. Some would do it as would want it as a long-term rental. And one of the biggest differences between it is that it's going to be taking on a lot of the personal property that you're going to have on your home, and you're going to want to make sure you've got strong liability that's on that policy if you're going to be renting it out. Um, one of the things that's interesting, if we're talking specifically about Lake Monticello, that I've noticed, and this is veering away from your question a little bit, but just as you were talking about some of the aspects there, we were looking at the average sales price, but as you were mentioning, you know, there's lakefront property, there's other properties in there. So that's the average. So that means that there's still some of the homes that are going to be in that lower 200000 to 300000 price point that are in that neighborhood. And I mentioned earlier that I'm seeing a few more of the homes that I'm insuring coming from the Lake Monticello area. And I think it is because of some elements of affordability for first-time home buyers that are looking at some of the properties that are out there. One of the other things that's really nice about the lake is a lot of insurance companies will actually have discounts for being in a gated community. Plus, it has its own so fire department. It has its own fire department, mm-hmm. which uh, even though you're further out from you know the Charlottesville city center, uh, you do have the fire department there, which makes it in a different protection class, even if it's not public water. If you're on well or septic, the fire department being there is a huge plus. But being in a gated community for a lot of insurance companies, they actually have a discount if that's... Uh, if and that's and if you have like that. a fire hydrant within a certain distance of your home... Sure. The closer you are to a fire hydrant, the better. The, the closer you are to the fire the, department, the, the better. Yep. <laughs> so days on market. I love days on market. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'll be slide number three, uh, Judah. Um, Back in 2016, in the first quarter, we were over 80, roughly 85 days on the market. We are now five to seven. And you know, that's not a terrible 85 days on market. Is that's what I wanted to talk to you about? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's in fact. Keith, tell me if you disagree with this, but I've always understood. I would never. First of all, I would never disagree with you. I'm way smarter than that. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, because I live in a house full of women. I know how this works. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yes, Maggie. No, Maggie. Yes, Maggie. Exactly. I know. Um, but so under 90 days, I've always understood under 90 days to be a neutral, to be a seller's market. Oh, God. Right? Or We've had this conversation, I feel like, but you disagree. You do disagree with me on this. No, I don't. I agree with you, except I don't think 90 is the new normal, right? Right. And that's maybe where we were discussing. What do you think the new normal well, is? Well, I mean, if you take a look at it, uh, even in the middle of COVID on the first quarter, we were a little over 30 days on the market. And that was when the world was going to end. Right, right, right. And we're like 20, 21, 22, and 23, we're basically hovering around 5 to 10 days on market. It's kind of the, Amazing. The, the norm. Yeah, so, you know, it's just, it's just, I think the new norm is not 90, but historically, right, you would talk to other professionals who have been in the business for a long time. Right. When you hit 90, that's when the, it moves from a buyer's to a seller's or a seller to a buyer, depending right. on where, right. you, where you're at at the moment. And that's what I want to delve into your expertise is, what do you think that new number is? What do you think that new number is that is going to be switching over from a, a buyer's or a seller's market? Because right now, undoubtedly, a seller's market. So he's asking, he's asking, when are we in a neutral market, I think is what his question. Yeah, that's a From much a better, DOM standpoint. That's a much better question. It's tough question. to say, right? I, I still feel like it could be that 60 to 90 day really? range really? Um, for a neutral market. Okay. Because the house is still, I mean, we can still capture good pricing. Some of the, for instance, fall of last year, the market slowed down. Everybody was a little bit nervous due to rates. Um, everybody thought the market was just going to just completely 
cliff dive in the other direction. Um, I think I was, my perspective was that we still didn't have inventory. We weren't going to have inventory. And so I thought that the market was still going to just adjust with the rates and our market would sustain, which Which it your prediction was right. It, it, it was, was right. So, so technically, yeah. we're higher. I was right. You were right. We are higher. That's what happened. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like I said, I'm not going to argue with you. We are, we are higher because we just take a look at uh, chart number four. Slide number four, you can see that we're, we're above where we were. Green is the, the third quarter. We're above where we were in 2022. And by the way, that's not a full third quarter either, right? That's only as of the 20th, as of yesterday. Right. And, so, and we're moving into our strong fall market. Kind of that summer slowdown is we're leaving that in the past, and we're going to be moving into what is just historically our second strongest market of the year, which is fall. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that we had, you know, Jerry and I were chatting about how's the market, what, what is, what are we feeling in the market right now? I mean, yesterday my phone was off the hook with people calling, um, but, but they were... At approaching 8%, 30-year mortgage. Yes, but they were looking, the people that, that were inquiring to me were more on the outskirts markets, because that's where there was a little bit more inventory. Um, and so, I mean, there's just not... There's just not much for sale, and I just don't think we're going to get a lot of things that are going to come to market over the next few weeks. Oh, can, um, I, can I ask a question? So mm-hmm. in looking at one of the things when you hit that kind of 90-day mark, one of the things that some agents will do when that was the new normal is that's when you see things like price changes. Right. And the price. So what have you guys seen as far as if, a, if some people are fishing? Right. I mean, with really big prices and really big numbers sure. on things that might like be... Like testing the market. Right. Seeing what they can get. Right. So what have you all seen as far as when people are saying, yeah, we shot a little higher than what we wanted, and they're doing their adjustments? What's that kind of time period that you see with some of the listings? I know they don't sit on the market too long, but there's still some that, you know, uh, yes. pull that up there. That's it's a great such question. A, such a great question. I'm Keith, what do you think? I mean, I always... Two weeks, I'm always, well, first and foremost, you always have to consider feedback. So immediately, sure. always know what your feedback is. So if you're getting dogged immediately, then just <laughs> just know you're getting dogged and be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two weeks, thirty days, those are time. Uh, I, I, you, you, you and I, you and I are seeing different <laughs> different numbers. Well, that's why I wanted to ask. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks I for thanks for starting a fight. We'll bring that up. Uh, later, uh, the, the if you if you haven't in today's market i'm just you know i'm crunching that day oh if you don't in seven to ten days have an offer you're overpriced something's wrong right you're overpriced conditions not right features are not something's not right that needs needs to get fixed i'm we should make a bet you and i (laughs) um i think the new normal is around 30 to 40 days for for transitioning the market i think think neutral is going to be somewhere closer to 30 to 40 days i think it's really going to depend on inventory so um, if we, if we, you're making my point for me, right? So, so, okay. Well, okay. I will use 39 bowling um, is a waterfront that we have pending right now. Um, that house has been on market. Goodness. We've been on market for over 90 days. I want to maybe say even between 92, 120. So in that zone, um, we were we are under contract we have gone through the home inspection contingency time frame we've we've we are statistically highly likely to make it to closing otherwise i probably shouldn't be talking about the sale just yet um but um we were priced for sale at 679 we reduced to 669 
then we reduced to 659.9 and i mean we were being we were dogged on feedback it was it was rough rough, rough yeah, yeah. really bad I, I know the house well i get it you know the house and mm -hmm. i mean the we were getting offers they weren't even in they weren't in the sixes um and, and many offers that were significantly lower but my client just wanted to believed that there would be someone who saw the value in that in that lot and then in the potential of that property which i completely agree with them that lot is fantastic um and so and it does have the potential i do think to be a million dollar property if done correctly um so at any rate we did find that buyer and the number that you will see when once it trades once it actually closes yeah. mm -hmm. it will blow a lot of people's minds who saw the property for the positive for the positive yeah. absolute for the seller yeah. absolutely for the seller. okay and the buyer is ecstatic um to, to be able to so, secure so this question won't get you to trouble was it is it above the original list or below it's um it is Close. well into the sixes got it well yeah. so into you the did sixes. your job in spades you killed it for your your seller absolutely and we we did we we so many other agents that had gone and seen the property told them that that number was not possible um that um and 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 but the question is well not for everybody to hear my strategies on the waterfront market, but essentially. Well, look, look I'll, I'll try to save you from that. It's, 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 it's hiring the right people, the right trusted advisors, and having the seller believe in you, right? And believe that you have the ability to, 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 to navigate it through, through, through the process. And you brought data, you brought information. You probably came in a little bit too high into the market. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, with your skill level, you would have got to where you were where you ended no matter where you started frankly on it uh did you start at the price you wanted to start at or was this following the lead of an ambitious seller um it was it, you have to take everything into consideration okay. and so sellers are the drivers they're the decision makers um i'm very pleased that she chose the price that she chose because um we were able to i, I do i'm not I, I think a lot of people were had told her to start in the fives um, and that's where, you know, she she was right. She knew. She stuck to her guns, and so she was Lake, right. Lake, so the acres at Lake Monticello is trading at seven. If you, that's great. That's yeah, yeah, insanity. Yeah, yeah. I, and, yeah, the fives was not the right starting point for that home. Right. Stephanie Welsh right. Rhodes, who's got long ties to Lake Monticello, watching the program mm -hmm. right now. Love, love Corinne. Woody Fincham <laughs> watching the program. Woody Fincham says, waterfront and high-value property usually um, sits longer normally. Well, the, actually, the waterfronts that were higher valued, a million plus, they sold immediately. Um, the ones that came to market, I don't, I can't think of any yeah, that didn't but, but, sell within a few days. but they were so minimal. The, the right, amount of numbers. There's just a yeah. handful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, uh, Jeremy, you had made a point that I thought was oh, fishing on pricing, just testing out mm -hmm. pricing. Yep. Um, I do think, especially in a market like a waterfront market, that is such a unique market. Yep. And. You do have buyers that tend to be well-funded. Um, it is a worthy market to explore pricing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like I said, other agents said, we, no, so many agents told us we were crazy. To, to Woody's point, right, at something at the more entry or the more median sales price, getting it right going into the market matters. Yeah, I, I, do, I do think that you what ends up happening what can happen is you lose a little bit of that oomph, that little bit of um, newness to the market. What is it? I got to see it. I got to get inside. And then they're like, oh, you know, this is overpriced. And 
we don't even want to bother. We're just so far apart. Well, at the, en- at the en- so-called en- new entry level, if it's a little priced, people just won't go see it because the monthly payment won't work. Right, right. Or if you look at a $300,000 house and you're priced you know, $30,000 over, that's a significant amount uh, to be overpriced. Um, so, you know, it's, I don't, it, I do think this is definitely a market to test pricing. Like it's, mm-hmm. if you're going to test pricing, now's the time. Um, and I mean, it, it amazes me even what double wides are selling for. I mean, it's when you see that $200,000 price point it, for, for dumpy ones. Um, so it is a little bit, you, you know, when you do see something that's been on market for a few weeks, um, it does beg the question, why is it still on market? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's typically price, condition, um, location. accessibility. Location, price. Lo- yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, All the basics. <laughs> and those homes, even even right now, like the double wides that are selling at what seems like over market, those are some of the homes that give me the most anxiety as far as what I do. Um, really? Because there, there are inspections that are getting waived just to get in at certain price points and and sometimes those are some of the higher risks because if not everything is disclosed and or known then it can make it very tricky especially on the homeowner's insurance side because if something's found after the fact it takes an insurable event for something to be covered and there are some instances where if it was there before it's like a pre-existing condition on a home right it could be it could be several thousands of dollars worth of fixes and headaches after getting into a new home, and it's it, it's not something that an insurance company is going to cover. Um, it also you know with some of those waterfront properties as well, I have to be very cautious with that. A lot of insurance companies are starting to minimize their risk for profitability, and one of the areas that we've seen affected the most are beach, river, and lakefront type properties. Anything that is near floodplain or certain foundations like pile and pier foundations, those are becoming more and more of a challenge to insure on a regular basis. So, um, and, and insurance companies are, are starting to reevaluate and they're charging a lot more um, and having greater restrictions, especially like in the coastal regions. But we're not immune to it where we're located as well. Um, and that's one of the things that I've been keeping my pulse on as well is how how those prices have changed. You know, um, something that I got uh, on a, an insurance policy one time that was so helpful was um, a rider for my HVAC unit, or Ooh. it just had came it came with the policy. Mm-hmm. And um, my HV, I'm surprised they covered it because it was a pretty old unit. Mm-hmm. I mean, nearing 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> but it broke, and they replaced it. And I only paid $500, and the insurance company paid, paid for full replacement of the HVAC system. So sometimes, um, not to pivot too, too much. No, it's fine. But thinking about just thinking about that and how um, that's actually helped with sales. Mm-hmm. Keith, do you ever think about that as, as a real tour? Do you just the home warranty. I do the home warranty, but the part of why I want Jeremy to take a little bit of a deeper dive into that, a lot of people don't know that that's an availability, and I'm sure you talk about that when you talk to your to your clients yep. that they can do it. So talk a little bit about that. I'm doing some cool. math while you guys are doing <laughs> zero <laughs> to fine. 500 and 500 over at Lake Monticello. I sure. think you're going to be surprised about the days on market. So one of the big things that I want to distinguish is there is a difference. There is a coverage option that is on a homeowner's policy called equipment breakdown coverage, and that is different than a home warranty. Right. So I want to distinguish between those two things. So equipment breakdown coverage is part of the insurance policy itself. 
It is an optional coverage. And what it says is that if there is a claim that were to affect the electrical or the equipment systems of the home, they allow additional funds to replace the entire unit. The biggest example would be like a lightning strike, and it fries the the electrical components of the HVAC, it would allow you to replace that entire unit uh, as opposed to just having to fix the wiring. That's very different than a home warranty. warranty. Some people will read the equipment breakdown coverage, the HVAC breaks because it's 20 years old, that's not an insurable event, just age and wear just and tear. Age, right. So a home warranty, and there's different there's different companies out there that, that offer really good home warranties, are designed to cover all the equipment that is really in the home for it breaking down over time. There's normally an annual fee or a monthly fee that goes into that, and then if there, if one of them breaks, there's a deductible that's paid and replaces the, the entire unit. Right. So that's one of the things to look into. I, um, it, it changes with different carriers. Like I had access to a few different home warranty companies that I could write in addition to homeowner's insurance, um, but I have a couple of people that I've referred business to that are very good at what they do. I'm very good at homeowner's insurance, and I know they're very good at home warranties. Yeah. So I, I try not to bite off too much uh, for what I can chew, but I know uh, I, I prefer to refer to experts in those areas. But that can be something helpful because we're getting, we do have new construction, but we are starting to see a lot of those homes that were booming in the you know 90s and early 2000s that are starting to get some of that age to them and some of those things that are happening We have to so it. many of that age, that type of property at the lake. Yep. So... Oh, yeah. um, my homeowner's insurance, I think you, that covered my HVAC, the insurance, but mm-hmm. but talking about that plus a warranty can mm-hmm. be helpful on properties that are early 2000s, late 90s. and. So I, so I have a question and then an sure. example. So how do I get a lit- uh, lightning to hit my house? How does that work? How do I do that? <laughs> the same way you win the lottery, Pete. Do the yeah. same strategy. I, I go around, hold yeah. the lightning yeah. rod, hold, hold the next, thing. Next door, stand works? on the roof. With the, that, with the my thing's about 20-something years old. So how, do I, how do I do that? Um, but uh, Yvonne uh, in Houston, our daughter and son-in-law, we helped in uh, Richmond. We always buy, particularly first-time home buyers, uh, home warranty. This is what we do for every one of our our buyers. That's well, nice. yeah. this weekend their HVAC system went out. No way. And they paid their first major repair. Welcome oh, to well, home ownership. Literally, 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 literally. We were we were half. They have a baby. Yeah, we were half talking about, hey, should we go halfies in on a new boat? And then, bam, there goes goes the... The universe spoke. The universe spoke. But the way it works is they paid 75, I think it was $85. The guy came in this morning. It was just a simple switch. Oh, good. That went bad. They'll swap it out, and then they'll they'll do it. So it's really a great tool. So we use 210 home warranty, but there's different... Mm -hmm different versions of it but that's the difference right and or if there's a leak or anything like that they come in and do it you don't have to search for a contractor because they've got them already you know it's online you pay your money they set up an appointment and they right. come in it they can come help especially those first-time home buyers relieve some anxiety with being at their first home we always and, do it yeah been doing a, it for years right it's Hunt, hunter uh sumner's giving everybody props here he's a realtor with hunter Hi, sumner hunter. Um, Jim Butler, one of your colleagues at Moosehead, is giving you guys some props. Um, You're getting some love right now from Daniel Munez. Munez. Hi, Daniel. Um, Nest, Long and Foster, and Real Estate 3 all over the feed right now. Awesome. Questions are coming in. Um, I'll give a little uh, data for folks to percolate on. Ten units for sale in Lake Monticello right now. 
out of 4,300 homes, there's 10 active listings, including a fantastic one at 46 Chippewa Lane, <laughs> $369,000 list price. There's three proposed detached um, pieces of property that could be envisioned if you guys want to go through the home building process. And this question's come in from Jonathan, who's watching at Zion's Crossroads, and he says, does the panel characterize this as a healthy market today? Healthy for whom is, I guess, yeah. the follow, right? I, I, compared to the Great Recession, absolutely. I mean, it depends on what, what, what you compare it to. I mean, I do think that it would be great for, um, you know, it's really hard for first-time homebuyers or, or um, not just even first-time homebuyers, but just people in general to be able to afford um, housing right now. And, but when you consider it compared to rent, they're very, I mean, it's, it's all expensive. I don't. I mean, it's it's not the Great Recession. We're not seeing an abundance of foreclosures. We're not seeing an abundance of short sales. I think that we that that is that is truly a depressed market. Um, this is not a depressed market, and because people are um, not losing their houses, <laughs> people are making money. It's um, yes, it's challenging for those those uh, those people that are needing more affordable housing but you know you and I chatted about this our first both I, I remember this I believe tell me if I'm wrong but the first house that I ever purchased um I was 21 and um 2007 which was just about the worst year you could have ever bought a house ever in the, November of 2007 like absolute height of the market um and I had a bonus room and I rented it out um, and they paid 700 bucks. I think my mortgage was 1100 and that's how I afforded my first house. And I kept that house. So many people, because I think I paid, we paid 215 at one point. It was probably worth 115 um, People said, foreclose on it, short sell it, just get rid of it. Why would you hold on to an asset that's so under, you know, you, pay, you owe so much more than where the value is. Um, and I kept it because we all know that time changes markets change things adjust and that house has plenty of equity in it now we've had a tenant in there for years um and that's how that's how we made that happen so i just feel like you know it's one of those things where you just gotta like buckle up find your solution and go figure it out you know life you know you, you can't ha let life happen to you you gotta go and make life happen for you and that's why you're a winner that's yeah. exactly yes. literally what we did you don't take a loss until you sell right and if you can sacrifice by maybe bringing what i did was i brought in roommates right. i had a three bedroom two bath rented out two of the rooms for buddies below market rent they won i won they covered my mortgage yep um and yep. now a piece of property that if i had sold at a 40 50k loss is now trading at 240, 245. There's no debt on it, and I don't plan on selling it. Right. I'm going to pass it on to our boys. Like, absolutely. And you know, one of the best pieces of advice I got was from my mentor. He owns Bill Nichman, I think, uh, called a couple hundred million dollars in real estate locally. Mm -hmm. And he says, people constantly underestimate the opportunity cost of buying real estate. Yes. The time spent on acquiring something, the heartache, the stress, the anxiety is off the charts. And we forget about it years down the road. Mm -hmm. But we should always remember that 60-day period of what we went through to buy something. Right. Because it's a roller coaster ride. It can oh, yeah. be. It can be. Yeah. It calls it the opportunity cost of acquisition. Right. Mm -hmm. Never forget it. That, yeah, I agree. With, I agree with that. It's, it's real estate, you know, time value money. Hold, hold on to it. Don't let it. I mean, if you can, don't let it go. Um, I love the idea of 
holding, not selling, <laughs> but call me if you want to sell or Keith. <laughs> um, but really, when you hold on to your real estate long term, I mean, it's it's especially the, in this market. Absolutely, it's one of the best ways to build net worth. Um, well, if you bought in two sixteen in in December, you're at one ninety five, and your property is now worth uh, three forty five. Yes. Yeah, so think about how Rest- what. Yeah. Per month, how much your net worth went went up per month? I don't know what that is, but that's a healthy so pay ba- raise. Well, just think about it like this: the rent of just on the condo that I'm talking about, and that condo was purchased six months before the Great Recession. Right. Probably the worst time you could possibly buy. Right. It was literally right. like late 2017, early 2008, right. or 2000, late 2007, early 2008, and then the market crap tanked, mm-hmm. and I was sitting there stressing out. But 2,100 a month. Right. That's the rent. Wow. That's amazing. With a 6%, 7% escalator every year. We're talking in one year alone, 25 grand. Right. Two, the second year, you're flirting with 60. The third year, you're at 90. The fourth year, you're at 120. Right. By the time you get to the sixth, seventh, or eighth year, you've covered what you paid for the property. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And we don't have a CPA at the table. What do you also get to do? I mean, huge tax advantages. There you go. Huge tax advantages. Uh, plug for Suzanne Real as well. Yeah, and then, you know, we, mm-hmm. so Ally Property Management, uh, you know, we owe our, we had a bunch of rentals back before the time of great unpleasantness. We had 14 <laughs> at the lake. We managed them ourselves, which was a huge mistake. And now we just have one because, you know, at a certain age, you just get slower, sure. right? Uh, but, uh, you know, she manages it for us. I always forget that I have it. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Look, um, back to the healthy market question. Yeah, from Jonathan. Yeah, so it depends on what hat you're wearing at that time. If you're a seller, right now it's a pretty healthy market. Yeah. If you're a buyer, not too healthy. Mm-hmm. And I've said it on the show numerous times, and I'd love to have uh, uh, Maggie's feedback mm-hmm. on it and, 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 and Jeremy's. We're, this market that we're in right now, as far as inventory goes, I think we're five to ten years out before it gets... I agree with you. Yeah. Before inventory upticks. Yes. Before we get to something whatever we used to think normal was. Right, right. And I don't think we're ever going to get back to a, a normal with days on market, number of units on there. You know, I know that's not what buyers want to hear right now, but that's the reality of it, of where we're at. Jeremy, I mean, I know you, because you come from a new construction background, I, right? So. I am. I, I'm thinking about that. And, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I was thinking about a couple of different things as you were talking about that. And I was just going back to 2018, 2019, where yeah. prices really started escalating. I mean, escalating, escalating. And knowing some people that were buying new construction in the Crozet area, and they were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe what I'm paying for the house right now. Like, this seems ridiculous. This home was... less like six months ago and now it's that and now they're like holy cow I could sell for probably $200,000 more than what I purchased it for and it's looking like a really good deal when at the time they were like this might be a bad time for me to buy I had other buyers that were like I'm terribly afraid in 2018 2016 I can't remember when it was that that the market's going to change and they could have bought a $500,000 property (laughs) within two miles of downtown Charlottesville right and that same home is probably twice the value that it is now. And, and just the second guessing that happens in this market. And, and really, it could be five, could be ten years. Like, I really wish I had a crystal ball because I... I've got it. I, <laughs> <laughs> really I, it, it. It's like, 
you just kind of look at it and you're like, when's it going to change? What's it going to change? Like, what's it going to take to change? And inventory. Like, it, it is inventory, and it's, it's like, where is it going to come from? It's not. Well, that's that's, that's why. The, it's, that's the problem. You nailed it on the head. That's exactly why this is not changing for the foreseeable future. Yeah. We are in the reverse of what happened from the Great Recession until now, which was an entire decade of time. Yeah. Um, Very good. And so it's we are now in the reverse of that. Um, builders did not build for an entire decade for what we need to meet normal demand year over year. Mm -hmm. So when we didn't have builders build, we still don't have them building. This region in particular is very, I hate to use the word anti-growth, but there's not a lot of land to I'd work with. I'd say that's with. fair. That's definitely fair. And, there, and there's not a lot of land to work with. So, so it's... So it's like you've got, well, in terms of like the city, and then and then Almaro County, a lot of it is is you know only five percent of Almaro County for development. Um, Chris Fairchild, board of supervisors for Atlanta County, basically said on this show um, that there's going to be no new density in Fluvanna County. Well, Louise is all you got to do is exactly. look, all you got to do is look to the vote. Yeah, right. They, they so shot down. They shot it down. And, and and I'll have to tell you, anybody who watches the show know I'm a housing advocate. Mm -hmm. That was the wrong approach that staff took. They should have never done that path for R4. Uh, it was only for one piece of property. What they should have done is they really wanted to make an impact is run through the process of changing the R3, which is the master plan, the PUD, or Plan Urban Development Ordinance for Vanna County. I don't think it would have passed. Matter of fact, I know it wouldn't have I don't passed. Think I don't think Fluvanna <laughs> County taxpayers want new density, man. Yeah. And I, so don't think they don't, I don't think they do. So the only thing that's going to happen is our, our taxes are going I to go up. I disagree. Do you think they do? Yeah, they, they, they want new home development. They want, I take that back, they, they want, want business development. They, they want, want amenities commercial. and stuff like that. We want grocery stores. But that's not going to come unless there's housing. I can assure and, you and, there's and, no. Right. And so, so Fluvanna has always, Fluvanna has always been this way. This, Fluvanna has been this way for decades and decades and decades, long before I've been alive. Um, and so it's not changing. Um, so when you take into consideration that outerlying counties like Fluvanna, Louisa, all of these counties that are also. Green's Fluvanna, there now. Right, green. Green has a little bit more growth. It has. It has not really. No, I think. I think. The, Didn't they just approve a large no, subdivision? No, they're working on it. I. I. It's. It's. Green. I think has hit a cap. Yeah. I think it's pretty much it. I don't think you're going to get the. But I want to ask the question a different way. Um, two young people, right, amongst your cohort, okay. right, particularly at Lake Monticello, the younger people that of your age. Are they afraid of housing, or are they they want more housing? Um, I think that amongst no, I don't think that people say they don't want housing and things. No, I'm not hearing that. It's more um, their concern is the you know the the burden on the schools, the burden on the taxpayer, just continuing to come from real estate. Yeah, sure. Um, things like that. Ninety some odd percent of it is from residential. Which is real absurd. Mm -hmm. yeah. But here's the, the part, and I know this. That you, you. It's it's just like anything else. You want you don't want to just us as investors. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, and that's exactly what Fluvanna has done through their real estate tax or through tax base. So this is going to get worse. It's the first year that my house at the acres at Lake Monticello, and I won't get my address out because I did it once before, which I got yelled <laughs> at for doing. Uh, I'm actually paying the same amount of money cash as if it was in Albemarle County. Literally. What, is, what, is that, what does that Crazy. mean? I, I've always been like meaning to the, ask you that. Like the amount of taxes? So so let's, not, let's not talk about tax rate. 
my value of my house times the tax rate right. right equals x dollars right if i was to take my house and put it in albemarle county value of that property because it goes up right plus tax rate would equal the same amount of cash dollars so that your hmm. tax bill is the same so the amount of it, it i'll prove i'll show it to you jerry when it's crazy bring it the, the the amount of cash that i pay in my real estate taxes right. equals that if my two acres was picked up in my four thousand thirty eight hundred square feet was put into albemarle county because the value would be much higher than what it is right which is there and times the tax rate when you do that math Dollar for dollar, I'm spending the same amount of cash. Which is is so I absolutely. Maybe it's ten dollars. I live in Fluvanna at the lake as well. Absolutely love living there. It is an amazing place to live. It's an amazing place to raise a family. Love, love, love living at the lake. That is so frustrating because Albemarle County has way more amenities. An abundance of amenities. County parks. Um, and then also just commercial amenities. Right, stuff to do. Yeah, stuff to do. Yeah. Um, and so that's part of the reason why I like living at the lake is because I also get Albemarle and the city of Charlottesville. Um, and I get the lake. So it's that's just, that's absurd that, that you are paying, the, that it would be the same. Um, because we don't, Fluvina does not have the same amount of amenities um, now, it, it's a rarity, right? Find a two-acre piece of property in Albemarle County that has central water and sewer on it. Right. 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 That, that has 3,400 or 3,800 square feet on it. Right. When you do the, the search on what the value of that is right. versus mm-hmm. what my value is, it's much higher. Well, the search right. for something like that in Albemarle County would be well north of a million, probably in the neighborhood of a million three, million four. And so while other people are talking, I'm going to do that. I think. Um, comments, I, Jeremy. You you got something now? Well, yeah. I, I was going to add. You just asked, like, you know, what are what are my friends or my you know peer groups doing? Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm thinking about them just as as individuals. Most of them are sitting put. They're not doing anything. Right. A lot of them that got in at a you know two point seven five, three point two five interest rate. Like even if even if they're having kids and yeah. they're getting a little big for their home, they're like, we're good. Right. We're not going to do anything right now. And that's not helping the inventory issue. Right. Uh, there's a number of them, no matter where they are, they're like comfortable with their house. We'd rather do things here to fix it up and stay place and stay in place. But if they've already gotten in a home, which is one of the key things, for the most part, they're staying put unless they have the income level that will allow them to do it. Right. And I have had some of those that, you know, they some of them that are working in housing, home building right now, it's been good for them. And they're like, we can afford to go ahead and we can make the move right now, regardless of the interest rates. We've got good equity in our home, and we're able to do this because uh, I think we were talking with Taylor when he was on the show. Right now, you're not making a lateral move. You're going to lose something. You know, It's going to cost you more money for the same home, or you're going to be decreasing the size of your home. So right. you have to be prepared for one of those two things if you're going to be moving, or you're moving areas and you're moving markets altogether, right. which, which you know, has happened. Um, I, I've got some friends that they lived in Augusta County and Waynesboro all their life and probably, I don't know, eight years ago, moved to Crozet. Mm-hmm. They just sold in Crozet and they moved back to Waynesboro and Augusta County. I think they did all right for themselves financially with that move. Right. Um, so there's, you know, there's some of those that come up, but for the most part, again, it's contributing to it. People are just watching. They're yeah. not making the move unless they have to. Which right. is the point Maggie has made. I mean, if you have a 275 right here, if you have a 275 financing mechanism, why would anyone give that up? Yeah, there, there's no motivation. We'll never see that ever again. Ex- yeah, Except never when again. they have to. 
Right, bingo, divorce, death, children. Oh, God, are you seeing more divorces now? This is ridiculous. I don't know if it's us, but we're up to six. This is our sixth divorce listing we're dealing with. You're taking, right the, fifth, really? you're taking the fifth on that? I, 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 I don't know. I'm talking about clients, right? I mean, are you hearing life changes um, a lot? I feel like, I mean, I think divorce is up in general, right? Isn't, isn't it like 70%? I don't know what it is. It's, it's up in general. It's up in general, yeah. but I think... Um, yeah, COVID probably did that. Yeah. <laughs> so back on my I house. Think that's what it was. Back on my house in Almar County, when you plug in all the things, plus the fact that my house is over 20 years old, the, the median sales price is about 750 mm-hmm. My tax value is right at five. Right. So if you do all the math, it turns out that I'm not exactly dollar for dollar, but pretty damn close mm-hmm. to the cash that I'm paying that I don't quite have the services. Of. Right, you're not getting, what do you get in return? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, by it, the way. It, although I love Fluvanna so But much, oh, by so. the way, I gotta add on top of that, the Lake Monticello dues, which gets me my police, which gets me my fire, yes, which is right. happening on the other on the, yes. uh, on the other end. I, yeah. I think the lake is such a unique and special place. And Oh yeah, I've been living there since 87. Yeah. I'm planning on moving. Um, so Lake Monticello, Zero to five hundred thousand dollars sold year year to date. There was hundred and thirty-five units closed. Median. So just to talk about my my charts, they're all median. They're not average, right? Okay. These are the median. They kick up the high. The median days our market is five. The average is nineteen. Five hundred okay. grand and up. It's only fifteen sold. So that mm-hmm. number jumps lowers from one thirty-five to fifteen. Right. Fourteen days on market. 50 days is your average. So back so to... So Woody is correct. Woody is 100% correct. Right. He's right. got another comment coming in. Woody Fincham, we love when you often offer perspective. <laughs> well, he I have says, to give a shout-out to Woody because the, the listing is purely his his doing. I, he gave me the data to put in it. So thank you, Woody. Uh, Woody Fincham, Fincham & Associates, A-plus firm right there for appraisals. This from Woody. Fluvanna is funny. Many folks are from somewhere else yet don't want more folks from somewhere else here now. That is so true. <laughs> and that kind of coincides with what Supervisor Fairchild said about uh, his vision with Flu- Fluvanna County. So I think that's right on point. Eric Thompson is watching the program. Eric, I did a DM with you and Keith. Something for you to follow up there, Keith. Sure. He says it's not just new building inventory, but national monetary policies that yeah. are making raw materials more expensive. I mean, I think it's a collision of a lot of stuff. Yeah. And at the end of the Great Recession, we saw the small builder pretty much eviscerated or evaporated. Right. I mean, they, they, they went away. On top of that, labor is through the roof. On top of that, land acquisition has gotten extremely expensive. Cost of goods more expensive than ever. The NIMBY mentality has gotten more momentum than ever before. Charlottesville, Albemarle County, and Central Virginia in totality are a Tony popular place to live. UVA is expanding enrollment. UVA is adding more professors. They're adding more schools, the Data Science School, the Paul Manning Biotech Institute. All this stuff is happening at the exact same time. And what is the area medium income? Area median income, according to HUD, $123,300. I mean, this is just not a cheap place to live. And I hate to say this, for the folks that are watching the program, it's going to get more expensive to buy real estate. That's why yeah. timing the market. I had a finance no professional. There's no such thing. <laughs> no such thing. There was literally a finance professional that we see on a weekly basis in here made the comment to me that we're looking to wait till next year. Maybe the rates will adjust or the home values will drop. Almaro County went up 11% year over year and rates went up 2.5%. 
year over year. You right. can't time the market when it comes to real estate. Just uh, get in the game. But and, yeah, but you, you know, from a buyer's perspective, one of the great things about these charts that, go, that you're showing, when you start putting them all together, you know, generally, if you're going to buy, fourth quarter is usually the best time to buy, right? Price is a little bit lower, right? There's a little bit less on the market at, at the time, right? So if, you, you know, if you're like waiting to buy, you know, if you're waiting to time it at all. Find something you want, it, buy it, yeah, yeah, and yeah, sit yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sleep in it, it's, and live in it. Enjoy it. He's, yeah. Uh, date the rate, marry the <laughs> No, 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 no. Don't put that on me. I do not like that. I, know, I, I, I hate say, that. I, I meant to say I you don't that. like it. You don't I, like I it. I do it's not like it. Favorite, the least favorite. I mean, I think the bro the mortgage brokers like that. Yeah, look, that. look. <laughs> exactly. But to, you know? to Jerry's point, the time is always now and yes, the time was yes. yesterday. Right. right? And yeah. look, I've got a 21-year spreadsheet. I talk about this all the time. Uh, full car footprint. The average appreciation, this is the average, in that 21 years, including the time of great unpleasantness, <laughs> is a little over 5%, right? right, year over year. Right? I think this year, Jerry and I got a bit of a, of, of a bet going on here. I think this year, Albemarle County in particular, will have a double-digit infl uh, inflation, double-digit appreciation, uh, probably on the lower side, not the upper side. But. A perfect wow. example of this, and I'll get out of your way, Maggie, you jump in here. I, I bought the condo at the Village of Southern Ridge at the worst time I could have probably purchased something in the history of my life. Right. Like Probably six months sure. before a depression. Yeah. Like the, yes. at the peak of the market, the right. worst time possible. Right now, that piece of property is up 42% on where I purchased it. Question, Amazing. when when did you, how long did it take you to get back to normal it with that It took a long ass Great. time. 10 what, years. No, that, Probably eight yeah. to 10 years. Legitimately. That's what I'm, yeah. To break Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. like Northern Virginia, they're just starting to get, some of the properties that were bought in like 07, really? within the last three years, so they sick. only hit... There's a there's a few of them there's that I was talking to. There's in the market like a few, that. A few, a few no, I'm talking some of the ones that were being built a little further out, not yeah, like right like, it, right there in the city center. Like in Loudoun, but next to West Virginia. Yes, like when, <laughs> when you got a, when you got some, some of those that were built a little bit. I've I've talked to uh, some relatives and some other people, and they were like, "We're just getting back to where yeah. we purchased some of those." So I was curious because yeah. I always said ten, I probably thought ten Charlottesville. Years. I thought Charlottesville rebounded quicker. Than some of the other locations. I do around. think Northern, I'm not sure all of Northern Virginia is. Not all. I, I actually would think that Northern Virginia is probably, especially when you look at like Fairfax County or, or I, I would imagine North, Northern Virginia probably surpassed that in a lot of places earlier. But um, then that's because we are usually lagging behind their market. Um, but um, what I was going to say is this is another reason why I couldn't understand why everyone was losing it over rates. Rates during the Great Recession, during an actual true housing crisis, um, the worst crisis of all time for housing, rates were in the, in the sixes, and no one was crying rates. Mine was six and an eighth when I bought it, and I was happy to get them. Right. I was doing jumping jacks. I was walking out of the lender's office. Yeah. I'm like, I qualified for, for an effing mortgage, you yes, know? Six and an eighth. I was, I was so like, happy. Who's giving me that's money yeah, right that's out of college? What I, was thinking about. I, should, I should still be in college. I was fresh out of college. Like, I have no, I, I should not be getting this. Right, that's that's what literally I what I was thinking when I was walking out the door. I know. And, and this is the time Jerry funny. says, Smith jumps in yeah. and says, mine was 18%. Right, in, right exactly. Yeah. In the 80s. And so when not you. Not the 1880s, Megan. The 1980s. <laughs> well, it's true though because it's just again, it's it's you so, just got to work with what you, your cards are and figure it out. So Northern Virginia is such a 
unique market, right? Yeah, the it's the election a, cycle it's a, really affects it and who's moving in, who's moving out. But I just, as you guys were chatting, I just did some numbers, you know, between right. 2016 and 2020, the end of 2020, there was, uh, we started at 195 and the end of 2020, we ended at 245. That's roughly about 50 grand up in price. But just from 21 to, uh, to now, it jumped, which is three years, it jumped 100 grand. It jumped from 245 to 345. Right, so when it doubled, the value of homes doubled in those years. So that's what you're starting Jeremy's to see. Jeremy's point, he, I mean, yeah. he's exactly correct. Yeah. It took a long, Not long, double, it was an long grand. time for the market to recover, mm-hmm. um, and and it and it and it did in a really short period of time. Mm-hmm. Well, the like, reason the reason that was is the lending requirements went from thankfully. this cup of coffee that. Right, they were they stopped giving loans. I know to, to us. To us. Yeah, we're no, 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 no. They were giving loans right. to dead people. Yeah. They stopped giving loans to people fresh out of college yeah. that that were starting jobs and had no stable no, sources of income. But aren't literally you, launching aren't, a business out of the place. Aren't you, aren't you glad they did that? Yeah, yeah, I did. I literally did. And the mortgage broker had no idea about that. Jason, there's a lot of comments coming in here. Um, Jason Howard on Rio Road, the king of Rio, says pre-COVID. There were plans for a Harris Teeter and some other townhouses, among other things, for Zion's Crossroads near the Walmart Distribution Center. Any update on that? Yeah. That's up, up your alley. There. Yeah, yeah. So um, right right now, it's this I, – I can't divulge too much, but this is the rationale why I know we're not going to get huge employer or employee, huge firms that – in employ lots of folks in our region, particularly Fulvana and Zion's Crossroads, because there's just no place for them to live, right? right? And that becomes the struggle, right? And they, mm-hmm. the, the folks that do this stuff look at their ROIs, look at their performers. They know, um, I mean, I can say this, there was a company I was working that was trying to get a Chick-fil-A out there. They didn't want to come out there, not because of the volume of revenue. Because they're so, they had, it's such a busy corridor, they, excuse me. They, they, excuse they, me. they just couldn't figure out where their employees were going to come right, from. Right, right. Hmm. So it's a chicken and egg thing. What, what do you do, right? It's amazing there's not a, there isn't a Chick-fil-A up there. There is not. It's, no. in, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, everything I went to Chick-fil-A else, for lunch today. <laughs> everything else jived on their performer except for where my Housing. people are going to come from. Well, in, wow. in that, it, it, if you I, I'm pro- this is probably wrong, and I'm probably telling you something that's not correct. But I s- could have sworn someone once told me. I mean, it's like tens and tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of people that drive through Zion Crossroads every single oh, yeah, day. Sure. Like I, I want to say like seventy. Th- I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't it, know. It, I don't it, know. It, 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 it's the, like in a crazy amount of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the state. There's what? How many people are in our state? So maybe there are that many people that Seven drive. Seven million. The state of Virginia? 13 million or something? Uh, I think there's over 8 million in Virginia. Yeah, 7 to 8, somewhere in that so, range. Yeah, the only reason I know. There are tens and tens of thousands of people that drive through Zion. Yes. Cross, which is the only place to connect the western part of the state and the eastern part of the state and, and the central and the central so region. So somewhere between, if I, I'd have to pull the traffic analysis. 8,642,000 people yeah. in Virginia. Okay, I was totally The only reason off. I know that number is about the same as Austria. <laughs> I don't know so why I So the country that. of Austria. <laughs> uh, the, the, it's somewhere between fifteen and 20,000 a day. By the way, that, that roundabout, tra- that, traffic, that roundabout at, where, at 53 and 618 where Colonial Circle is, right. has the same amount of traffic going through it. Crazy. Right. That's insane. Mm-hmm. 
That's people think the lake when they come, especially when they come to the lake and they drive through it. They are always thinking it's like a 500 people, maybe a thousand people that live there or something like that, um, because there are no traffic signals in the lake. It's it's a little bit. It does feel like, you know, you're Lake Monticello you're lost, is 44 percent of the total population of Fulton. I mean, 4,300 right. homes at what? 2.25 people per home. Right. Is that what you would say? Yeah. 2.25? 2.25 is the national average. You know, we... we uh, Basically yeah. 10,000 people at the lake? I think yeah. I think yeah. the no, number is like north 14. of 11, actually. North okay. of 11? I'm wrong. I'm wow. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a town right there. It is. Um, comments are coming in. Um, this is from Kevin Yancey. Kevin likes to play the bear from time to time. We love you, Kevin Yancey. Watch it in Waynesboro. Um, he says, for the panel, when does the balloon pop? This type of appreciation mm-hmm. cannot, in all caps... Be sustainable. Some folks have that mindset. I mean, I mean, I, I completely understand that. But the question just becomes: Where does the inventory? When does inventory come in? You know, a lot of people. What you are saying, people are saying, trying to time the market, wait for rates to drop. Yes, they do think rates are supposed to drop next fall. But what's going to happen is it's just going to. I mean, I believe that it's going to. It's going to be a buyer frenzy. Yeah, I it's going to put more buyers in the mix. Yeah, I, it could be more competitive next fall than it is it now. Very well, could be. You so. remember? You remember the insanity in middle of COVID? Dude, if yeah. rates go from seven, what are they? Seven five? Let's just call it seven five. I think you'll be eight by five. the end of the month. To low fives That's next it, year, yeah. that will be insanity. It would. Yeah. I mean, I mean, truly. So, I, 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 I don't know. I think we need inventory, <clears throat> and then the question is, where so, does inventory come so from? So, since 1972, the average rate is three seven point one percent. Oh, good to know. Yeah. 7.1 is the average since the 70s. And, and that's from Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. That's amazing. Which is usually most of the So, loans. again, it's, what's, it's, it's, the rates are completely well, but, in but, line. But, folks, this two, yeah. to, to Jeremy's point, yeah. this 2.3% thing, you know, is, is, a, is, a, is a market indicator or market item that we've never seen before. Yeah. And right. what it's actually going to do... Independent variable. Thank you. It's independent variable. Is uh, to do that. But, but, look, but it goes back even further. Like, my first home that I purchased was in 2012. Okay. So it was a few years. A few years it, was it was a great, great time. time. Very good time. I was, you know, again, first-time home buyer, Not right out of college, but I was a few years removed. And I got 4% in yeah. 2012. So it got low. It was. But it was already in that time period. What month period. did you buy in 2012? Uh, I closed in June of 2012. I think they had just ticked, like they were in the high twos, like cause they were like two, maybe that was 2013, but. It, it, it had changed, but I remember, I know you were ecstatic at what, 6.8? Like, yeah. I wasn't four, but I honestly, I was so naive, I had no idea. I was just like, awesome. I uh, don't know what that means, but I'm glad I got 4%. I've learned now that that was really good. It's a great rate. <laughs> but, but that's, I mean, that's over a decade ago that it's really been sub five. Right. And there's a number of people that if they locked in, and this is one, you know, this is a home that I, I kept, I sold in 2018, rolled it into a different home, sold it again in 2021, rolled it into a different one. So I used it not as a, necessarily an investment vehicle, but I snowballed. Right. I snowballed yeah. it, um, you know, and, and you know, got, got great return each time that I sold and increased because I, I, I hit it at great times. Awesome. 2012 to 2018 to 2021 was great times. <laughs> to, to so this is going to sound it. very counterintuitive, mm-hmm. but um, 
Yona and I decided not to re refire our home when it was like two to three percent. Why not? Well, <clears throat> I decided not to do that because I ran ran the math and I wanted to borrow some extra cash to buy some investment property. Well, if I didn't do that, yeah. uh, what we made the decision was was to to pay off our principal. So we're like, yeah, we, we're down to zero. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad I didn't do it because now what happens, I'd be trapped because I would have borrowed a bunch of money at 2% my house. I would have owed more money on my house. So if I want to go sell it now, I can sell it and put all the equity in my pocket. So we just used our cash a little bit smarter mm-hmm. right. is, is, is what we did. But I'm really glad I didn't, I didn't do it. I know that sounds weird. And at the time, it was like, holy shmoly, we can do this. But I would have reset the loan for 30 more years, yeah. yep. right? Yeah. I was at the tail end of my 30 years mm-hmm. on it. Right, because we expedited our mm-hmm. uh, payment to our principal, okay. and I'm really, you and I literally were talking about this on our walk this morning. Boy, I'm glad we didn't do that. We used our cash to do something, yeah, some, okay. something else. This may sound really odd, and it might have been, it might not have been a smart move in retrospect. But when I closed in 2018, it was in December of 2018. My interest rate then was 4.875, because if you remember the tail end of 2018, they jumped up a bit. Mm-hmm. I refinanced again down to 2.75 in that home six months later. Um, it was not, you know, it was w- it, the nearest possible time that I could refinance. It had, it had dropped two whole points. Which so to crazy. Kevin's point, um, and I love Kevin yeah. to death and be safe out there on the road, brother. Um, <clears throat> the There's not a pop. So when, when people think of pop, they think of 2008, 2009. Yeah. Trust me, I know what a pop looks like. Right. I've lived through it. Um what will happen is, is, you know, a little bit of air will be let out of the balloon and the percentage increase year over year will be normal. Right. will be more close like to this to five or three. Yeah. The where always matters, right? So where you are, you're going to get a little bit more. Some other places you might get a little less or you might go negative, right? right? Um, I might disagree with you. Really? Yes, because I don't think the pop's necessarily going to be in housing. Oh, well, I'm speaking housing. Go ahead. <laughs> well, it, 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 it will affect housing. You think it's commercial? Yeah, um, what is it? Commercial. I'd love to hear that. Oh, no, 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 no. It, now you got my interest. It, it, it could be commercial, but so I'm in a different market. I work in a similar field, but I work yeah. in a different market. So let's go ahead and take what's going on in housing right now with the increased cost of everything that's going on with the, the shortage of the inventory. And I know I talked on the show when we were here last time, but what has that done to insurance? Well, in the last two years, we've got, there was a hailstorm. I've got, I had hail that was the size of, of a racquetball that hit my front yard, mm. you know, uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, if you've got these natural disasters that took place in 2021, 2022, a lot of insurance companies started going from the black to the red. They started losing because the cost of rebuilding homes was so much higher, and the insurance premiums that they were taking in were a lot less than what they were paying out. So much so that in the month of July alone, uh, Kemper Insurance has pulled out. As of November 2nd, they're no longer going to be doing home and auto. Uh, Kemper's a huge company. Yeah. Um, they're still going to do their specialty vehicle and they're going to do some of their commercial stuff. But you have a major player in the market that just said, you know what, we're not going to do personal home and auto anymore. For a in lot Virginia of people. Or just everywhere? Everywhere. They're wow. stopping. Personal I mean, money. Florida, you should depict what's happening in Florida and California. Yeah, uh, in, in Florida and California, in Florida? 
This is crazy what's Florida, happening. Florida, Florida, Florida is it's kind of an anomaly. Florida is, yeah. is the wild west of insurance. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't <laughs> it's an anomaly. I, when, when, when people tell me, hey, we're moving to Florida, I, I'm like, I'll pray for you because like, <laughs> I, I know what your insurance rates are going to do. Uh, but California, there's insur- State Farm is not, is not writing insurance right now in, the, cr- in, in California. That's crazy. State Farm. That's crazy. Nationwide as in of right California. now. In California. Yeah. Nationwide, currently with their homeowner's insurance, as of July of this, June, late June, early July, they're no longer writing home policies. In the entire United States from now to the end of the year, and if they do, there is a 10-day evaluation period before you can even bind a homeowner's and this policy. Is, uh, this is the Ken- Kenwood? This is nationwide oh, nation, insurance. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Nationwide. But State Farm, I feel like, well, I guess, again, going back to Florida, they pulled out of Florida, too. I feel like I've read it, that it, for so, so the point you're trying there. to make is? But, but it, a lot of insurance companies, yeah. a few of the, yeah. uh, what, is, what is happening? What is happening is they're evaluating, they're, yeah. insurance companies are for-profit companies. Sure. They are for-profit companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they're not profitable, right. they have to make a change. Sure. Um, you will see everyone on their home and auto insurance this year at their renewal. It should go up. I don't care who the company is. It should go up. It it would be if it even my personal insurance went up. Uh, I think it went up thirty percent on my home and twenty percent on my auto. Wow. Those are averages. I would say twenty to twenty five percent is the average right now. People are like I haven't had a ticket. I'm like it doesn't matter. You're paying for everyone else's tickets <laughs> and everyone else's <laughs> accidents across the country. Um, people are getting non-renewals from companies like Progressive because they say, you know, we've evaluated the age of your roof and we think it's time for it to get replaced or we're, we're not going to renew your policy. I did. I just bought a house. So you're, you're yeah. saying your so, industry, the, the insurance industry, may end up putting a bit of a twist on this I'm saying, a little bit. I'm saying that this is a different sector that is seeing cost increases. And yeah. you've got to think about the consumer that's buying a home. So now not only are interest rates going from 75 to 8%, homeowner's insurance, which on average around here was probably somewhere between, <clears throat> I don't know, $700 and $950. The new normal for that's going to be somewhere between $950 and $1,500. Yeah. I've already got mine, So we're doubling easy. that. Yeah. <clears throat> You're going to get more restrictions. They're going to ask buyers to to do more to their home or they're yeah. not going to keep the I policy. I just bought a house. They wouldn't insure um, without a new roof. Yes. And it's not leaking. There's nothing no. wrong with the roof. It could be it's a 30-year architectural shingle. Yeah, it is. And, and it's, it's not, 20 years old yeah, and the insurance company says, yeah. we don't care. That's not who I went and got insurance through then. <laughs> so they're basically saying, <laughs> go and put in a $15,000 roof. Right, and that's I'm, what they re- I'm actually still replacing my but, roof. But. But, but here's the thing. Like, even, even two years ago, you could have had, at least with my company, you know, you would have had maybe 30 options, and you would have found the best price out of, a price out of 30. Right. It's now probably limited to, say, four or five. Wow. So you're just decreasing the, the chances of finding a better decreasing rate. Decreasing the options, which so, makes so, things more expensive, which turns housing into a luxury. Housing is going to be literally, it's going to turn into a luxury for the select few in our country. So That's it, what you're basically saying. Well, well, you're looking at, and we are blessed, if it's $125,000 is the average household income in, in Albemarle, Charlottesville area. 123. That's like Northern Virginia. But even if you take that and you're like, now I'm buying a home, the price has, has gone up almost, what, 75% from where it was in Lake Monticello. The taxes are going up. My homeowner's insurance is going up. And on top of that, this home was built in 1990. I need to either negotiate to get the roof replaced. 
if I don't have a home warranty or something like that, I might have to replace the HVAC. Oh, HVAC. Yeah, HVAC. <laughs> when was the last time you replaced your HVAC? Um, those are 14K now. There you go. Yeah. You and go. and if, you, if you went back to Average what, house. 2005? 8,000. Maybe. It was 7,000. 2005, probably six, seven. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so you're looking at a lot of fact, and change. There's it, a lot of factors into that, so, you know, so CR rating. Or a stuff lot like of that. stuff yeah. is going up as yeah. to, in terms of its cost. So I don't think it's necessarily so it's, that the housing is going to happen, yeah. but there's going to be a, there could be some financial reckoning that takes place where people just cannot. And to Jerry's point, life. All that's yeah. going to do yeah. is there's going to be a cohort, a pool of buyers that can afford all of that, mm-hmm. that are going to buy yes. because, you know, yeah. if you just take a look at the total number of sales that has happened at Lake Monticello, we're roughly at 36, right? This same same quarter in 2016, we were 69, right? So we're like roughly 50% off of of where we were in 2016 and it's just going to put a lot of pressure on that so before we get off of the the topic how important credit score is to my rate going up or coming down yeah talk about Um, that that's important so there's a lot of factors that go into your homeowner's insurance rate but for individuals the credit score and and it's the credit score is part of a bigger score called called your um uh, your insurance history, effectively. So they're going to look at everything for from how long have you been with your current carrier, how long have you been insured in total, uh, your credit score. Whenever I look at a married couple that's buying a home, I'll actually run the homeowner's insurance through both spouses' names, one and then the other. Both of them are insured, but if one's got a better insurance history score or a better credit score, it might, be, it might be less expensive to have them listed first uh, than the other. So um, that's something that I always check out and, and look into. And there's a lot of different factors that go into it. I try to ask a lot of questions. If you're talking about Lake Monticello specifically, if you're inside the gate, then that is something that can factor into your score because it's, it's limiting certain risks that can happen to a home. A lot of insurance companies, they're, they're worried about numbers and statistics. They, they want to know, they, again, if, if a roof is 20 years old now and it has an increased probability of leaking from 19 to 20 of 15%, then, then they might draw the line there, even if it's a 30-year architectural shingle. They, they, they're, they're huge. They, depending on the company, they, they don't necessarily look at an individual situation. They're looking at macro data, and they're making decisions for a financial business based sure. on that information. So, um, so the insurance history and that, that credit score is a big one. Um, and it can, it, can have, it can have hundreds, if not even thousands of dollars of impact as far as your rates go. Sure. So, so my mother and father, right? Yeah. They're retired. They're retired. They're in their early, they watch, so I got to get the age right. <laughs> they're early 80s-ish. Mm-hmm. My mother's still 36, which I don't quite understand that math, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, the... <clears throat> You know, that's what's impacting them right now. You know, they've got a little bit of a mortgage on their home, mm-hmm. right? So, and, and they're able, you know, they're just paying a little bit onto that. But their taxes are going through the roof. Their insurance are going through their roof. HOA dues are going up uh, on, on that end of it. Yeah. And it's getting to the point that they can't afford to live in Fulvanica. Now, we're blessed. They can yeah. come live with us. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all these factors. And I, I've never really thought about it that way. So thank yeah. you for sharing that. I mean, it, that, that example, your income's fixed. Everything else is not. Yeah. Uh, the cost of living continues to go up. And, shoot, gas prices today are what? Floating with 379 385 Yeah. Right. 
Um, they're not in the fives, though. Not they're not in the fives. Remember that? Um, but but it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not 1999 where my dad used to give me $20 to go right. fill up the Ford F-150 and he wanted to change Under a dollar. <laughs> like, you know, that, that was... That was uh, I don't want to tell crazy. you what it was in Southern California <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when I was out there. I, I, but, I can't, but, but all those prices, you might say, that's in California. It's not, it is affecting us. It's sure. affecting us in a different way. Um, and, and you know, so so, I don't I don't think I don't think the needle can pop from a housing perspective that we had in '07. But I it's would pressure. not be surprised. It's a pressure. You know, a pop is is a very visual thing. Right. Right. I just think all these different pressures. But um, you know, look at the end of the day, uh, the inventory is going to stay anemic for a very long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. There's yeah. going to be enough buyers out there. When's the time to buy, Maggie? Now. When's the time to sell? Now. There Never. you go. Show's, <laughs> show's over. <laughs> which, speaking of which, we're at 11:30, and the time flies when, oh my when gosh, we're having fun. fun. I, so I much know. fun. I did want to plug real quick, and I mentioned this earlier. Yes. Um, the Women's Council of Realtors. If if you're involved in real estate in the Charlottesville area in any capacity, the Women's Council of Realtors is a fantastic organization. Um, the the Women's Council in general started in the 1930s, 1938 when women were not allowed to be part of the National mm-hmm. Association of Realtors. It has morphed and changed over time. Uh, 62% of all realtors are actually female now, which is great, and there's a huge presence, not only in Charlottesville, but across the country. And the Women's Council of Realtors now is more of a leadership organization for either people new to the market or new to real estate in general. If you want to get involved, if you want to find an organization to be a part of, I am currently the membership director for the Women's Council of Realtors. I know that may be a surprise because I work in insurance. Um, and you're a male. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it is a great organization. There's a number of former presidents of the Women's Council of Realtors that have gone on to be presidents of mm-hmm. CAR. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's four, maybe five, that have done that. Uh, their next event is going to be at CAR this Friday, the 25th at 9 a.m., if you go, if you search the Blue Ridge chapter of the Women's Council of Realtors, you can sign up there. We'd love to have you come out. We're going to be doing a panel with a, um, uh, it'll be a title company, um, uh, a loan officer, home inspector, from contract to close, some of the things that agents just need to know about or be prepared for, talking with three experts on that. So I wanted to plug the Blue Ridge chapter of the Women's Council of Realtors. Look at you, plugging Yay, away. Huh? That was so good. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Guys, this is uh, the Monday edition of Real Talk. The panel was absolutely on fire. They Yay. killed it per usual. Maggie Gunnels of the Gunnels Group. Jeremy Rowe, the Jeremy Rowe Agency, Keith Smith of Yes Realty Partners. This is Real Talk with Keith Smith, archived online at realtalkwithkeithsmith.com. It's great to connect with you guys. We tagged um, as many people um, on the panel with the comments that came in. If I didn't get to your comment or your question today, please forgive us. There was a lot of them today (laughs) because of our stakeholder panel and their knowledge. Judah Wickhauer, thank you for keeping us online. The I Love Seagull Show is up in one hour right here on this network. We'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you. Yay. Very well done, guys. She's going to tell us. That was fun.